Ladies and gents, Phil Buster Freestyle, your buddy Gavin, live in Boston right now. Um, we are finally going to get to, I don't know, uh, I got Cindy Harrington here in the studio. I'll ask her. Cindy Harrington, I don't know what we're going to call this yet, but should it be called an imposter Scott Kahn is the worst bartender in Lisbon, Portugal? Is that a good starting place? Seems long, but accurate. Yeah, we got to work on this. And by the time I put this up, you guys will know what we called it. But here's, a, I'm not going to bury the lead. A guy who looked like Scott Kahn ruined what was supposed to be one of the best restaurants in Lisbon. And I'm going to get to more of that on the other side of the theme song. So buckle up, Buttercups. Phil Buster Freestyle is back. And we're going to do a little recap, recap, recap of Lisbon. Also probably some Galway and Barcelona. So if you've been to or want to go to these places in the European continent and without, yo, take a listen. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster Watch out for the filibuster, filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster freestyle, filibuster freestyle, it's the filibuster freestyle, filibuster freestyle. Alright, as promised, theme song's done, Cindy Harrington in the studio. Cindy, how we doing? Good, Gav. How good. are you? I'm good. I like how you almost just nodded to me silently. You're good. For all the listeners at home, that's okay. If this was a visual podcast, visual cues would have worked. Sure. Anyway, it's uh, you know it's high time we did this. Kind of recap some of the European adventures. Maybe not so much. Everybody's heard about the bag getting lost. That was a podcast. Right. Everybody's heard a bit about the speakeasy we went to, the Green Frog, Red Frog. I will let you weigh in on that at some point too. Okay. Since you were there. Yeah, that'd be nice. Since Andy Maslin stood in for you. Because he was in the studio in Charlotte. But Places Listening has me feeling really like double-edged sword interested this week. Because it's very rare that a country besides the U.S. is the country that listens the most to the freestyle. But this week, and I put it up on the Instagram, Filibuster Freestyle on Instagram, um, a city in Russia called Yakutsk had the most listens by like two to one over the U.S. And most of it came out of this city called Yakutsk. Like Yakut, excuse me, it's, it's Y-A-K-U-T-S-K. So, uh, yeah. Something's silent in there. But anyway, what's not silent is that they're listening a lot. And then a few people in Moscow also listen this week, which is like me wondering if the folks who are out in Siberia are listening to random podcasts like this one and then sending the pertinent ones to Moscow. And I'm just going to call it out. I'm excited that people found us in Siberia, but I'm not excited that people found us in Siberia because, dude, I just don't know anymore. Especially because, you know, between Marky Sal and our man Jeremy Johnson, you know, we got a lot of people who, you know, aren't afraid to espouse their feelings on all kinds of countries. Sure. Including Yakuts, which, by the way, want some fun facts on the city? Absolutely. I can't say it, but it is, uh, it's in Siberia. It's on the Lena River. It is a city of about 300,000 people. It is the second largest city in the world that is um, close to the Arctic Circle. It is also – sorry, it's the second most northern city in the world that has over 100,000 uh, inhabitants, mm-hmm. residents. And it is the coldest city in the world with over 100,000 residents. Average temperature, 16 degrees Fahrenheit throughout the year. So that's like – that's your median day. Not 16 Celsius. 16 Fahrenheit, which is like 32 is where everything freezes. So twice as cold as that. 
Sign me up for not not going there and jet. How January. prominent is alcoholism in this place? You know, I didn't look into that, but if anybody who's listening, and I know you are, because I've seen the stats, wants to weigh in on how much alcohol or you do or do not drink culturally in a city that's 16 degrees on average every day, you let us know at thephilipbusterfreezedout.com. That tends to happen in those type of areas. For sure. I've lived in some pretty northern climes, nothing like that. Oh, it's only 280 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Wow. Yeah. Not too far. Not too far. So there you go. Malaysia, Brazil, Australia, Poland, Finland, Canada, the Philippines, all listened to. Thanks for listening. Lovely. Okay. So where do we want to start? Do we want to start in Galway? Do we want to start at this wedding, this Irish wedding we went to? I say, you know, dealer's choice. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So first of all, Galway in the summer is lovely. So lovely. Had great weather, great wedding. Can't recommend Galway enough. I've been there now at three different seasons. I've been there... You know, in the winter for Christmas, I've been there in the summer for this wedding. I've been there uh, once in the spring in high school. And actually, technically, I've been in the west of Ireland, even in the fall. So can't go wrong in Galway, especially in the summer. Um, Irish wedding custom. Were you ready, Cindy Harrington, for mass, a.k.a. church, is at 1, and that they don't really plan on letting you go till about 3.30 a.m.? Were you ready for that? Um, y- yes and no. I was not surprised by that. Um, however, um, I did not plan well the night prior. Yeah. If you're going to run a marathon, the last thing you should do the day before is run a half marathon. Yeah. And that's kind of what we did from a, from a, from a drinking and good times perspective. Right. On right. The, which, which, which by the way, the night before the wedding was the 4th of July. Correct. So as an American abroad, you want to, you know, classily, but still with pride, celebrate America's independence. And obviously the Irish don't care because they have a lot of historical beef with the British. So they're not too upset about it. But anyway, we went a little harder than maybe we should have. And by we, I mean pretty much everybody who wasn't Irish. Yeah, it wasn't like singular. It wasn't like you and I were the only jerks. Right. But we're the only ones in the podcast. that night after? There was a big welcome thing. It's a big welcome party. We stayed for a while. We watched the band play there. Which was lovely. Oh, yeah, we watched... Oh, yeah, that's right. We watched the band play there for a while. Anyway, bottom line is... Uh, the 11 a.m. get ready for photos for the wedding party comes quickly when you're doing that. Plus, it's light out until like midnight in the summer. Yeah. So it gets light at about four in the morning, and it stays light until about it's very midnight. Very disorienting. And you just can't get any sleep. And the seagulls are something fierce over Oof, there too. Brutal. So I would just say this though. So the wedding takeaways are you. I talked a little bit about this, but the crowd takes bets on how long the speeches are going to go. Because typically the speeches go pretty long. Right. And they also take bets on how many times people will say thank you. Because, of course, at a wedding you thank people a lot. So speeches all went pretty well. And what they do is they then flip the room for a band. Yes. And they play music for like three hours. And then they feed you kind of like late night like fried food, finger foods, etc. They bring out a DJ. DJ goes for like another two or three hours. And then it's about three in the morning and they give you some sandwiches or as the ladies in Ireland to call them. Sambos. Sambos. And um, they have you eat some more sandwiches, and then you kind of go and either with a guitar or something, just a cappella, have a sing-along. We checked out after we realized the sing-along probably wasn't going to be like a riveting. Yeah. I mean, it was great. I hit a wall. I mean, nothing great's going to happen at 3.30 anyway. Right. Other than us getting locked out of our room. Right. So we had to keep going back down to the hotel hotel desk, which is great too. Yeah. So anyway, good times. Couple of fun facts from Galway as well. I ironed through a shirt. That was great. Mm-hmm. Hot, hot take number one. Just be careful. Gotta be iron. careful with irons. But um, irons. then we decided to drive out of our way 
Instead of going to Balhadrine, which is my sister-in-law Helen's hometown, we went to a place called... Clifton. Clifton, which is not spelled however you're thinking of it at home. Yeah. And I'm not even going to try right now. It's fine. You can find it. C-L-I-F-D-E-N. D-E-N. Yep. Yeah, cool. Okay. Good job, Cindy. So you've been there before. You wanted to find this place called Walsh's, even if it took us a little bit... Well, I initially just did probably a briefer glance at the map than I should have and thought it was more on the way, and then I realized it wasn't, so... Apologies again about that. But you got what you would say was probably the best jelly donut and quiche. No, 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 no. It's a cream donut. Okay. That's like very special to Ireland. I don't like a jelly donut, so that's why I was very emphatically saying no. That's not what it's like. It's very different. Wasn't there jelly involved? There's a little bit of like a jelly-like substance, but it wasn't like real jelly. Okay. I don't think. So it was a really good meal. Maybe... We yes, we gone there seven years ago. I hadn't stopped thinking about it since then. Clearly, it's so it's nice. Called to Walsh's Walsh's so Bakery, unofficial sponsor of the week. Walsh's Bakery in Clifton, Ireland. Amazing, worth the trip. Definitely. Even if I had to drive back on roads that didn't have enough room for two cars to pass each other, and there was a point where sheep were just everywhere, including the road. Yep. And that was a lot of fun to do. We made it. Sure did. We're here talking about it a month later. Plus. Yeah. So I really I, the the longevity of an Irish wedding I thought was the most notable thing. Also, we did go to a hardware store that's also a bar, and that was great. That was fantastic. So that's something. like a well-stocked bar too, and a well-stocked hardware store. Yeah, <laughs> both sides of that coin. Great inventory, indeed. So anyway, Ireland in the summer can't beat it. So we got to Barcelona. You'd never been there, correct? I have. For those of you who maybe know us a little better than the folks in, in Siberia who listen, you know that there's a little bit of a joke with Cindy that she hasn't been to Barcelona and I have. So this is my chance to like get Cindy to this great town uh-huh. on the on the Mediterranean Sea so she could see it for herself. Yep. And by the way, we're Red watching Sox the Red just Sox. Tied it up. Yeah, watching the Red Sox on mute. And if you haven't heard Jeremy Johnson put a, a nail in the Red Sox 2019 season's coffin. Uh, it's an unbelievable podcast that we put up about a week ago on the filibuster freestyle. But anyway, 6-6 six, six Red Sox here on August, what, 17th? So good for them. Sure. Anywho, Cindy Harrington, you we flew through a thunderstorm to get to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. You're, not a, you're not a very calm flyer when those type of situations arise. Correct. So you were wired. Yeah, I was, I was pretty hyped. And luckily Barcelona never really goes to sleep. Correct. So we went out and had cocktails and stayed up till about five in the morning. Not even that we were like, we got in really late. Yeah, we got in very late um, and just kind of were like a little amped coming off of everything and being in this new country and we had looked forward to this part of it. So I think we had a nice energy boost and decided to see the town a bit. And it pretty much screwed up our schedule for the next like five days because we basically slept until 11 and then would stay out late every day and Barcelona doesn't care like they're in too. They're on that same schedule also. Because they siesta. Yeah. So people don't eat dinner until 10. So I don't have a lot of the Barcelona stuff in front of me but what I I talked it up. I talked up a big game. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like it delivered relative to what I either promised or talked about over the years? Um, I think it was even better than you had advertised. It was, um, yeah, it was a really fun city. I love all the little walkways and alleyways you can really kind of get yourself lost in and all these little hidden gems you can find. It's like very much up my alley. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of culture. Yep. A lot of people there. Well, it's summer in summer in Spain. Yeah. Um, so the food's so good. Food is so good. Uh, everything's so good. The beach is very interesting. Yeah. If you enjoy anatomy, anatomy, especially if elder <laughs> in gentlemen, its purest form, elder gentlemen, you, you know, they put the nude in nude beach. The elder gentlemen and. <laughs> That's you know, lot. frankly, that's what we all deserve, you know, because if you're going to walk by the beach on the way to the W Hotel, which sits at a nice little point yep. uh, in Barcelona, you know, yeah, I mean, if you want to look down towards the water, you're going to see some nudity and it's going to be a bunch of old men. And you know what? Quesera, sera. Sure. Wrong language. Right attitude. Yeah. Right attitude. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll probably one day do a breakdown of Barcelona, but we don't have a lot of notes in front of us. But I do think it was... The right move. I will also say this. We had to get up pretty early on Saturday morning to fly to Porto. Yeah. Most of this podcast is going to hinge on Portugal. Um, but we were in our cab or whatever, and there were these two dudes being peddled on a rickshaw. And they clearly were still going from the night before. Oh, and that's yeah. the beauty of Barcelona is no matter what time of day it is, somebody's getting their day started and somebody's getting their day finished. It just doesn't matter. Absolutely. That, that was the very um – uh, fun cab ride. It was like funny just to, just to go and watch what people were doing. Yeah, you know, people yeah, watching yeah. You had some, like some couples, you know, having some romantic, you know, bench sitting. You had these two dudes getting rickshawed around with just water. Yeah, and you know, they probably were coming from bottle service all night. Absolutely. So I would, I can't recommend Barcelona highly enough. I really can't. It's a great city. So you just got to get after it, everybody. Okay, but now we've got notes on the rest. So we went to both Porto, or as they call it in Portugal, O Porto. Mm-hmm. We went to Lisbon, or as they call it, Lisboa. Lisboa. And I want to spend, and I don't know if you can handle this or not, a little bit of time on Lis- oh, sorry, on Porto. Yeah. Problem with Porto for us is that we went from about five or six days hard in Ireland <laughs> to five or six days hard in Barcelona. Yeah. To at some point, something's got to give. Right. And Porto might be the hilliest place I've ever been. Ooh, a lot of, lot of hills there. And a lot of steep climbs. Kind of broke us. But what broke us first was we found this lovely little restaurant. Yeah. Lovely little restaurant. And one of the things you got to like about Portugal is things like sausages that you don't get a lot in the States. Like linguiça, for instance. Yes. Also sweet bread, which we'll bring up later because mm-hmm. that was interesting. But yeah. So we found a place and it was cute and lovely, whatever. We sat down. It was at the bottom of this cobblestone hill, and these little kids and people kept on us falling into the building because it was so steep. Yes. That's how steep Porto is. Yeah, it's crazy. But so we ordered some, some basically some tapas, if you will. Yeah. And one of them is like you get linguiça, but they bring it to you on a flaming plate and you get to cook it yourself. Yeah. And I'm not an experienced linguiça chef, especially at my own table. Right. And the flame was starting to uh, like expand. Really take off. And I was a little bit worried about your clothing for a bit. Right. I thought we were going to have a stop, drop, and roll situation. So we pulled the plug on, you know, cooking the linguiça and then just kind of blew it out and started eating the linguiça. And we don't think that made us feel great. Yeah. some Something within that meal was not was not great. Right. And we should have known because we asked the woman how she was doing and she said, we got robbed yesterday. Or yeah, we got robbed this morning. Yeah. She said, we've never been robbed before. And I'm like, well, whoever robbed it probably also poisoned the linguiça. So... Something like You know, that. but anyway, I love the presentation they gave us. This really cool little ceramic bowl. Yeah. It said Portugal on it. And the, the glassware was, or the, you know, the, whatever, the plateware was nice. Right, and right. It's just a bummer that we didn't feel great. But I would give, 
uh, Porto overall, really high marks, in fact. Yes. I would recommend going on a river cruise. Yeah, absolutely. Because you never know what you're going to find. It's super touristy, but it gives you the lay of the land. And so we saw this plume of white smoke. We already talked about this. On the pod? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Salpe. But I didn't call it by its name. It's Antigua Casa Zeta Guida. Okay. okay? And uh, We talked about it in, re- in relation to the meme on the, on the steps. Right, because there was a meme on the steps. But anyway, go there. So the food really was good. And there's also a place called Abelina, which is oh. like an unbelievable spot as well, right near the Ponte de Luis, which is the big fancy bridge. Yes. The famous photographed bridge right. of Porto. So Abelina, which is A-B-O-L-I-N-A, great food. Lovely, also, lovely people. Probably the nice people we met in Portugal. Yeah, for sure. Which is good. Yes. Because we went to Lisbon, and if you want to know how we got there, listen to our Three Memes podcast, Three yes. Grandmothers podcast. Um, some poor lady did not did not make it to Lisbon with us. No. Um, and At her daughter abandoned her. But again, another pod. Literally, it's been already done for you. Listen up. So, I don't know. I, I feel like we had an awesome time in Lisbon. We did. I loved it. Cindy Harrington loved it. I loved it. I mean, probably more so than you thought you would. Totally. I had zero expectations. So. Which is even better. We got yeah. some really affordable everything. We had a steak dinner that, you know, you know when you have that steak dinner when you're kind of like, it's our last night in town, whatever this costs, it's fine. Yeah. And then we got basically everything we wanted. And it was like 73 euro total. It was wonderful. And it was a wonderful steak dinner with like appetizers and a bottle of wine and yeah, two we, steaks. and We thought we were going to have to like order separate sides, but they actually like ended up coming with the meal that we ordered. So it was so pretty Absolutely pretty lovely. Yeah. And, and, you know, we did – I talked to Andy Maslin a little bit about this Red Frog Speakeasy. I went through the rules with it, but super cool spot. Yep. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that was great. I mean, it was very dark in there. Sure. It's a little it's a little tough on the on the old eyeballs for some. <laughs> okay. But overall it was great. Clearly a very popular spot. They're doing things right there. What did you think about their extensive list of rules they had at the front door? I know I already did a podcast on this with Andy Maslin, but Yeah. We were like I really I wanna get your take on like how psyched out we were to walk in there. And we weren't dressed shabbily. Right. But upon reading their rules and upon how we were treated before this, and I'll get into that in a minute, yeah. our confidence was low and our clothing was like semi, semi-casual. Yeah. Like not business casual, but like, you right. know, not, you we know. We didn't look like schlubs, we but didn't we come also from the beach. were like tourists walking around the city for the day. Um, yeah, it was, it was a bit off-putting and a little bit intimidating, I think, to the both of us initially. Um, although I liked the... Uh, I like the rule that like men can't approach women. Yeah, women can only approach men. Yeah, it's like the bumble of bars. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, like, it's like the bumble of um, speakeasies. Yeah. So like, if you're a man or you're a group of men, you can talk to each other, but you can't talk to really any other tables, right. especially women. Yeah. But women are totally allowed to go up and talk to anybody they want, or yeah. they can ask the bartender or somebody to like broker a convo. Do you? So you like that? I think that was fine. I think it's like creates like sort of a a layer of like safety in there you know like you're not gonna go on like down there as a girl totally again this is just my perspective no, i get it that you're gonna like get hit on by some creepy dudes because they're technically not supposed to now after reading the rules and then comparing the rules to what it was actually like inside yeah i don't think any of that holds up right they probably use it more of like if you're breaking the rules so egregiously, they point to, hey, yeah. these are the rules. 
But like those waitresses were like very sweet. They yeah, they were great. Didn't really seem like enforcers, so I don't. think... No, they were like five foot nothing, a hundred nothing. Right, and I don't think super anyone's nice. really paying attention to all that happening. So, um, um, where was the one from? She's from the Azores, but yes. So there's an island in the she's Azores, Fayal, Fayal, where we met a. We went to the Azores in, in November, November, and we met a, a bartender. From Fial as well, and he was the nicest, sweetest kid. Yeah. And then this young lady who was in Lisbon, also from the same island, which is like there's nobody on this island. It's tiny. Well, people Super from nice. there seem to be very tiny. Right. Small people. To be small. To like be on petite this people. Incredibly friendly and warm. I would just like to say the Red Sox just pulled ahead. So they were down six to two. We put it on mute. Now they're up seven to six. Coincidence? I think not. Yes. This podcast is brought to you by the Red Sox trying to salvage their season out of nowhere. Which, by the way, I would be amazing to have to bring Jeremy back on so he could be like, "Well," <laughs> but like you, you are, you still aren't a JJ. Chances are he's safe, but you never know. Yeah, but anyway, it'd be it'd be a great problem to have. For it all would us. be one hundred percent. All right, I think we've okay. Now another thing I had here actually. Yeah. Highly recommend this place called the LX Factory. Yes, recommended by your cousin Jory. Cousin Jory, who had been there before, it is. LX Factory is right near the big bridge in Portugal. You can't miss it. It looks like the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And it also connects the part of, like, the main part of Lisbon to whatever's across the bay. And there's, like, a 50-meter-tall stone messiah statue yeah. that overlooks all of Lisbon oh, Harbor. yeah, yeah. So if you can't find the bridge, look for the giant stone Messiah Jesus piece in the sky. Yeah. And then look a little bit to your right. And then, yeah. And there's the Golden Gate Bridge. And right at the foot of that... Is the LX Factory. Is the LX Factory. I got my beard shaved with a straight-edge razor there. Yep. By a, a little Brazilian dude. A young Brazilian dude. He wasn't little. But he's very he's young. He's small, but yeah, he was young. Super young. young. He didn't... I probably didn't even shave his own face. But he shaved uh, my face with a straight-edge razor uh, while Cindy Harrington and others looked on. Yes. And it was a little, it was crazy. But you also found a gelato spot there. Oh, yeah. Right on the outskirts of it, really. Yeah, so. They, it, made, they made gelato cones with a lot of love. And so it's a window. It's a, you can't even go inside. It's a little yeah. window. Yeah. All right, one last thing about Portugal. So if you're from southeastern New England, southeast, you know, Massachusetts, Rhode Island. Yeah. A lot of Portuguese culture, a lot of Azorean culture, especially Portuguese culture. A lot of Brazilians here now because of the language. Right. So. You get accustomed to, well, this is a Portuguese delicacy, like linguiça or sweetbread. Yeah. So then we went to the Azores, as we mentioned, and you were able to find sweetbread there. Well, yeah. I mean, there's limited options to go food shopping, I think, yep. on the island. So we went to like the probably one of the main grocery stores in Ponta Delgada. Yeah. And they, yeah, they sold... Um, like loaves of sweetbread, individually cut. Yeah, but they were like, almost like little, like... Um, Almost like hamburger patty type Yeah, they're like giant English muffins. Yeah, exactly. But like with no cut down the middle. It was right. just like a whole kind of like muffin type of deal. But right. But like flatter, yeah. Um, which I was just like, oh, this is just normal Portuguese sweet bread. But to find that on mainland, oh, this poor guy, 
is um, Cindy Harrington very distracted by what's going on. No, I mean this catcher already got dinked by someone running through him on the at home plate. So now he just just got hit in the uh, upper leg area, if you will. Yeah, if you will. All right, so back to the sweet bread. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, The sweet bread is very different on mainland in that I think it only comes in just like whole like brioches, like like a big. It's like called brioche. Yeah, exactly. It's like a big round. But we spent. We wasted a lot of time. We basically tried to find. A bread that doesn't exist in Lisbon. Yeah. So, like, did we even find any in Porto, kind of? I don't think so. But we, we there wasn't, like, a lot of places to look for it in Porto. Correct. We also were kind of out of commission. We also were just, like, so nauseous. We didn't really want to go looking for bread. Good for, for us. Way to waste a couple days there. Good for us. Yeah. That's okay. We so had anyway, an experience. So, yeah. So, the sweet bread that you are used to getting here in the States, don't actually look for it. Anywhere east of the Azores. Yeah. But you can get it in the Azores, which is nice. Yeah. No, they can, you can get it here. My friend from Portugal gave me a bloke. Oh, no. You can definitely get it here. Yeah. Because yeah. I think it's more of an Azorean slash yeah. Portuguese American thing yeah. than like a mainland Portuguese thing. For sure. So that's it a fun is. fact. Yep. Anyway. All right. So now, the moment we've all been waiting for. One second, please. Not a drum roll. Just typing. Okay. So we had an encounter. Was probably the worst bartender in Portugal. Yep. And just to give you a sense of what this person looks like, have you seen, not you, Cindy, but the listeners, I know you haven't, the Ocean's Eleven franchise. So Ocean's Eleven through 13. Scott Kahn, he also was tweeter in um, Friday Night Lights, or no, um, what's the James Vanderbeek vehicle? Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues. He was tweeter. No, that, was, that wasn't Scott Conn. That was um, Cole Hauser. Crap. Oh. Okay. Anyway. He was in Hawaii 5 Hawaii 5-0. CBS. Yeah. He was nominated for a Golden Globe Award for that. Yeah. I, here, first of all, Scott Conn, if you or any of your people listening, this is not against you, Scott Conn. He's Kahn. also on Entourage. Yeah, he's an Entourage. Scott Conn's the best. Son of the legendary actor, James Conn, mm-hmm. who portrayed Sonny Corleone in The Godfather. The list goes on. Okay. He was a dad and elf. He was a dad and elf. <laughs> That's kind of like we were introduced to him slash where his renaissance was. Yeah. So this this bartender, we walk into this place. We're going to get to all in a minute. But picture that the bartender is basically a shorter, chubbier, less attractive version of Scott Kahn. Yes. But looks enough like Scott Kahn that you can't not see Scott Kahn when you look at this guy. Right. Right. Like right off the bat, it hits you. So you're just like, oh, Scott Kahn's the bartender. Jobber Scott Kahn. Right. And you would think a guy who looks like Scott Kahn would like take some pride in that crap. This guy, the opposite. So, we go to this place. It was recommended by a friend. And it was a beautiful, like, it's right on the main avenue. Yep. It's across from, like, Louis Vuitton. It's in the Yeah, it's definitely in, like, the higher-end shopping district. And it's a super trendy place. Yep. It's called Je ne sais quoi, but it's not spelled. Yeah. It's spelled all, like, trendy. It looks like Jinky Quinky. (laughs) (laughs) There's no, um, besides eyes, there's just, like, no other vowels. Yeah, and they basically tra- took all the vowels out of they it. They took all the vowels out of the word, the words je ne sais quoi. And they try, you know, basically it's a place where they're too cool for school. They're super hot right now. Hansel. Yeah. They're super hot right now. So what is it, like a Monday? We're rolling in there on a Monday or a Tuesday. I couldn't even begin to remember. And, you know, whatever. <laughs> we walked in, dressed normal, ready to eat. There's a wait for a table. So we're like, can we eat at the bar? Right. They say Absolutely. So we are sitting there and we're kind of, you know, it's a very busy night. Right. Not so busy that, I mean, there's probably five or six bartenders behind this giant bar. Right. And it's yeah, a circular we, bar, like a moving ellipsis. Like it's kind of like a, like a, 
it's not a circular bar, but it's a bar on the round. You can see, right? You know, all the way down across from you, etc. Yeah, it was pretty extensive, and like obvious, and like the restaurant was upstairs, so like getting a reservation there was terrible. So our, my friend had told us go downstairs and sit at the bar and have some drinks, which is what we did. Yeah. And so it was a little confusing because they sat us. So there was it wasn't like you just went and picked seats. Like they sat they us brought you in, over. in particular seats. Give so you a menu. it's like they knew we were there. And then this like security guy with like an earpiece in comes over and takes your drinks. Right. Which is weird. Which I don't know if they actually do that all the time or if just they do it when you look like you're like you're not being served. Right. So either way, this guy with an earpiece, probably a manager, is like, tell me what you need. So where we basically said, Oh, we'll get some whatever we got, rose, wine, I can't even remember. Yeah. So anyway. He goes, gets our wine. Then the dude who's the bartender actually comes over, I think, and pours it, right? Scott Kahn. Scott Kahn, oh, give us the wine? I forget. So anyway, Scott Kahn's like, do you want any food? And so we were like, well, this place is supposed to be really good. But you- at the same time, two seats down from us was this very... Attractive. Attractive. Fairly young. Yes. Woman by herself. Right. And Scott Kahn was really into spending as much of his free time as he could like flirting with her. Oh, yeah. Like, across the bar, couldn't stop staring at her. Mind you, he was wearing a wedding ring. And this probably isn't his wife, but it's okay. You yeah. know what? You got to entertain at work. I get it. It is what it is. So Scott Conn's very interested in this, in this particular cl- and client. And not interested in us at all. Not interested in us at all. So finally, he comes over, and things couldn't have gotten off to a worse start. I'm not exactly sure how or why, but... Whatever the first slight was, either perceived or otherwise, from me or him or whatever. Um, oh, I know what it was. He was talking to the woman. Mm-hmm. And then he started taking her order. She said something. So then he stopped talking to us. And then, and then I basically was like, oh, like, you can have that conversation with this lady. I, I don't care. Right. But he's like, no, I want to take your order. So then I ordered. And we got like four things. We got a salad. Yep. We got shrimp cocktail. Right. We got like another salad. Well, we each got a salad, and then we ordered our salads Oh, first. we got mussels? Oysters. Oysters. We got six oysters, which we got first, which yeah. I think we actually got from the, the security guard guy. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, hey, we want some shrimp cocktail, we want two salads. And he's like, man, that's just like a lot of food. But like, really rudely. Like, hey, fat Americans. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, that's too much food. And we were just... Meanwhile, like, the people next to us were having like a five-course meal, and also... What a terrible salesperson for this bar. Right. Like, so first, instance, you don't really make a lot of tips in Europe because it's not really a custom to tip in Europe, but obviously Americans t- tend to tip anyway. But what it means is the more business that your work does, that's probably a good thing. So if you sell four right. items instead of three, that's like you doing your job. Right. Telling us that we're too, you know, it's too much food for us to possibly want to eat. When he was only half listening to us to begin with because he's so focused on this other More important to Scott Con, maybe I just want to sample yeah. like the three or four things in the menu because I'm, I'm probably never going to come back here. And obviously after your treatment of me, I'm never going to come back here. And I'm going to badmouth you on my podcast instead. Right. Jinky Quinky, je ne sais quoi, right on the main avenue in uh, Lisbon. Anyway, we'll get into that TripAdvisor portion in a bit. But um, bottom line is... I'm like, okay, fine. If it's too much food, like cancel, you know, cancel salad number two, whatever salad I ordered. I'm no, like, we, you said cancel the shrimp cocktail then. Okay, sure. I did. Yeah. So then, you know, Scott Kahn, not giving us like any attention, not giving us any whatever, comes over with the food, including the shrimp cocktail. Yep. And it, says, 
here's all your healthy food. Real sarcastic and smug. Yeah. I don't think he understands that we can still pick up smugness in English, even if you have a Portuguese accent or whatever right. he had. He might have been French. Whatever. Whatever. He's not the real Scott Con. He's the fake Scott Con. Yeah. And he's bad at his job. He's the worst version. So of then Scott I'm Con. like, well, thanks for all the healthy food, but you told us not to order the shrimp cocktail. So what's it doing here? He said, well, I can cancel it. I said, well, it's here. And I wanted it in the first place. So why don't we keep it? Yeah. And then on principle, I ate none of it. <laughs> I ate all of it. And it was delicious. But so it's got con, man. Yeah. So we gave him a little bit of a lip. We gave him some lip and I gave him, a, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I never don't leave a tip. But we felt like because in this situation, not leaving a tip is kind of expected. It would be best to remedy this with a terrible tip. Mm-hmm. So I think we gave him 10 cents euro yep. on like a $90 meal. $90 bill, yeah. Which would have been a $75 or euro bill if he had listened to me when I told him, fine, don't give me my shrimp cocktail. Right. But regardless. And then when you asked for the check to a different waiter, because he clearly was trying to steer clear of us after we had like. Oh, I embarrassed him in front of his little girlfriend. Yeah. And after we had had like a little tete-a-tete. Um, I could see him like shaking his head and like rolling his eyes at the guy coming over being like, okay, those two people want their check. Right. And it's like, well, just get us out of here. It's like, I'm also not blind. I can see, this is not a big bar. Uh, again, I, I may not understand, I may not speak Portuguese, but I do speak body language. Right, exactly. <laughs> so anyways, he was terrible. We were furious. But everything else about the place is actually pretty great. Yeah. Including the other bartenders and including... The sommelier lady who brought over some of our food and was really nice about it. Was it was lovely. Yeah. So anyway, it, this 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 goes it's to show you. one bad seed. It's just one bad seed. This goes to show you what negativity can do because Cindy Harrington has never until this moment or until that moment left a review on TripAdvisor. Yelp. Or Yelp. Have you ever left one on TripAdvisor? No. Well, they're both the unofficial sponsors of the week. So anyway, Cindy Harrington decided, did you have... Do you have it handy? Sure. I can get it. So we're going to let you know what we think about this place called Je ne sais quoi. And it just goes to show you what one person can do to a place's review. The filibuster freestyle's own Cindy Harrington. Well, no one's liked it, but a lot of people have seen it. So um, I basically said we went to the downstairs bar. Service was confusing. First, the staff circulating the bar took our drink order, and then the bartender took our food order. He seemed to be barely listening to our orders. He was paying attention to another customer at the same time. We, being the two of us, Ordered two salads and a shrimp cocktail when he interrupted us to ask, isn't that a lot of food? <laughs> so we canceled the shrimp cocktail, but they ended up bringing it to us anyways. When he presented the food, he said, here's all the healthy food, right? It's a shame they have such a bad egg ruining the service here. They had a female manager slash sommelier that seemed lovely and would have liked to have interacted with her more. But we were too disgusted and left after eating our quote unquote healthy food. And how many people have seen that? Um, hang on, let me look. Because frankly, everybody is listening. 76. 76 people have seen Cindy Harrington saying, Je ne sais quoi doesn't actually have that certain, I don't know what. In fact, I know what they do have. They have Junior Varsity Scott Con, shorter, more overweight, less charming, less talented. And he speaks a little French, so on the way, he's speaking French to his little girlfriend, who isn't his wife, and that's cool. Yeah, questionable morals on him. But anyway, I pretended I knew French on the way out and said, merci beaucoup. 
Take that, Scott Kahn. Take that, Scott Kahn. Not you, not you real Scott Kahn. Right. You're cool. But the rest of any other service people within the country of Portugal. Oh, the ph- phenomenal people. We're just the most lovely people. I mean, from the people who food poisoned us not on, their, not on purpose. I, I don't even hold any grudges no, against them. No, they were them. lovely and they got robbed that day. Yeah. To the... Oh, the, my man, my, my barista. I, I made a friend in Portugal, everybody. He's the best. Yeah. So there's a place called Simply Coffee Roasts across the street from the Sheridan Hotel and Spa. And uh, yeah, my man is the barista over there. And I went over there four mornings in a row and got myself an espresso and a little like plain roll, a brioche. And then uh, I'd get a coffee to go and one for Cindy Harrington because I'd let her sleep like an extra hour because, you know, I'm a early riser on vacation. I'm a and it was great, but like that guy was so nice. And I'll, I'll give you his Instagram handle in a minute because he's a photographer oh. as well as a barista. He's from Brazil, great dude. But I mean, we had unbelievable time and food at the Time Out Market in Lisbon. Oh man, so, so good. damn good. Yep. Chef Kiki, Chef Kiko, Kiko, Chef Kiko's spot there, fantastic. Yeah. Um, so much to do in Lisbon. You could spend a good week there and still have plenty to do. Riding the trolleys, the old school trolleys was super fun. Um, just like, there's just something for everyone there. Yeah. By the way, my man is, is Tiago Silva, and uh, you can get him on Flickr at flickr.com uh, backslash Tiago Silva one. Takes good pictures, makes great coffee. Silva or silver? Silva. Silva. S I L V A. Got it. He also is a Philadelphia Eagles fan, which normally. You know, I wouldn't be cool with, but the fact that he was rocking an NFL hat in July while making my delicious coffee, spawned, it spurned our friendship. Because I'm like, hey, you like football? And he's like, yeah, man. And I was like, well, I know some Eagles fans like Dan O'Brien, Dan Ruddle, Big Lair. List goes on. List goes on. Um, Bridget Brown, you know. But, you know, um, <laughs> just despite my man Tiago being an Eagles fan, he and I found a lot of commonality in – both coffee and American football. So, yep. but like that's just like a, just an example of the great people, like the great people of Portugal. Yes. Couldn't yes. recommend Portugal enough. We've been to obviously Porto, which is their second biggest city right. in the north. We've been to their capital city in Lisbon. We've been to the Azores. Can't go wrong. Yep. Can't go wrong. So, I don't know. That's really all I got. Yeah. It was great. I'd go back there in a heartbeat. I would too. Not to Genesequa, but anywhere else in Portugal. But maybe someday we can open up our restaurant there across from it that's just called Sequa. Yes, because we know. We know. Is that what that means? Yeah. What does Sequa mean? Because Genesequa means I don't know what, right? So it means like, know what? <laughs> I'll tell no, you what it means. Sequa just means I don't know. Oh, I don't know. So Sequa means I know. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, Scott Khan. Fake Scott Khan. We know. Bye.